0: Welcome, once again, to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by podcast.net This is episode 243, recorded live on Saturday, February 11th, 2012, and here are your hosts, the man who watched the Super Bowl on Sunday, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who watched the Puppy Bowl instead, Andy Lowe. Hi. Ooh, puppy Bowl! I know. It was literally two hours
1: of adorableness. The onion, uh... I believe sometime in the last year ran an interesting article, you know, it's The Onion, so yeah. we take article lightly, about uh, a puppy bowl where one of the puppies got injured, and how adorably cute it was, and how tragic.
0: Oh, that would be tragically adorable.
1: And that, like, you know, it's sitting there, and it's this, you know, adorable, cute little puppy that's broken its neck, and... All the other puppies are just kind of around it, and they're all looking so sad, and it's such a cute image. That would be sad. I wonder if I can find that article. (laughs) (laughs) So you watched the Puppy Bowl.
0: Yep. Didn't pay attention to the Super Bowl until like the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. Because when I realized what the score was, I was like, oh, it's actually a game going on. Yep. Puppy Bowl marred by tragic spinal injury. (laughs) Let me just say that the actual puppy bowl is is not that it's completely there's like that's bat- like
1: 10 puppies running around no, no there's
0: like i think this year they said there was 47 puppies or something 47 like. puppies yeah the the puppies they just roll the puppies through jeez puppy bowl 2012 i think i was looking at wikipedia about that
1: i just added the article about the onions puppy bowl
0: but it, it was fun and funny. The the I guess the pup originally the puppy bowls were narrated by Harry Callis, which is the guy who had that deep grovelly voice that you always hear about on those NFL commercials. Okay. But now um, there's another because he passed away, so they got another guy to do the. Oh, sad. Uh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Twelve hours a day for three days. 46 in 2008, 60 in 2010, 2011, 47, 2012, 58 puppies.
1: 58 puppies. Yes.
0: It's just puppies of all shapes and sizes.
1: I guess so. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Two hours so, of just puppies running around playing I, with I, each other.
1: I have to not amend your statement. Well, I guess amend. I, I did watch some of the Super Bowl in the sense that it was on the TV in the background. I had other things on my mind at that point. I was incredibly stiff, sore, and tired, because I had just played an hour and a half of broomball.
0: Okay. I do so, uh, curling for two yes. hours on the ice. For
1: Yes, but it, correct me if I'm wrong. Most of curling, besides when you're actually sweeping, is standing there. Yes. And when you're sweeping, you are going in one direction. Yes. You do not need to stop yourself very quickly. No. Yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> I will grant you, curling is significantly more organized.
0: Yes. Yes, it is.
1: But broomball is far closer to hockey than it is to curling. Oh, man. And in fact, it is closer to hockey than curling is.
0: Yes. Yes, it would be.
1: So go play hockey in your shoes for an hour and a half, and then come and
0: talk to me. I did play hockey. (laughs) In your shoes. I played hockey on the ice. In your shoes. On the ice. Yes,
1: that was assumed. That's what makes it hockey
0: in your shoes not skates i did that every once in a while during the summer i'm guessing you did not have the right shoes
1: no these were my regular winter boots <laughs> oh dave no andy that's what everyone wears for broomball that's the point of broomball you have to wear
0: shoes you wear that... your regular everyday shoes oh that would just be killing my back yep <laughs> it's like oh my back was actually fine it was my side it was the um the one time where I was running late, getting picking up my uh, race packet for the Detroit Half Marathon two years ago, mm-hmm. and I had to run like a mile in my docks. Oh, no. Yeah, I got the worst blister ever. My ankles were hurting. I'm like, I've, I had more pain running that one mile in my docks than I did for running a half marathon in my actual running shoes. Oh.
1: Yep. So I was on the ice for an hour and a half in my—well, I actually was wearing my winter boots, but— Even so, these are not things designed for walking on ice.
0: No, that's it's always kind of funny because when people learn to curl, they just we tell them like wear street shoes and like some shoes are better than others. And some people show up in boots and we're like, you're going to be falling all over the place because people think, oh, hey, winter boots on the ice. Yeah. Plenty of grip and everything else like that. No, no.
1: And the worst part is it was warm that day. We were outside, and it was warm. Okay. Which means the ice had started to... Melt a little bit? Melt. So not only was it ice, but there was a thin sheet of water on top of the ice. I fell down a lot. (laughs) A lot. Like, incredible
0: amounts. I can see that. You know, spending many hours of my week on ice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you're wearing, like, shoes designed for the ice, and you are... Not as I said, you are you are not changing directions very often. No, but yeah, you- getting once you get moving, you know Newton's first law Obstacle takes motion
0: Tends to stay in motion.
1: You're fine. <laughs> it's when you need to change that motion that's when the the problems come up. Yep. Next year, I'm wearing knee pads. Absolutely, because it like being able to just take the knee and slide along on the ice would be so awesome.
0: Mm. That's it. What- You could do broomball in curling shoes, because they got the the slider on one foot and gripper on the other. Yeah. So you could actually slide when you need to, but then plant the gripper down when you need to stop.
1: So I need to go borrow curling shoes for one day a year.
0: Just, uh, this would sound crappy, but I'm like, you're down the road from Steve's Curling Shop, one of the few U.S.-based curling places. Yep. Just go to Steve's, tell him that you want to try out a pair of shoes for curling me, that night. To, I need to try one pair of shoes per year. Well, no, no, just say like, hey, I, I, need, I want to try out, uh, my, my curling shoes are crap, can I try out this other pair, this new pair I'm of shoes? I'm not going to
1: do that to this privately owned
0: independent store. I know, that's why I said it would be a really crappy move.
1: It's not Walmart. No. If Walmart were to sell curling shoes, yeah, I'd go buy a pair, (laughs) wear them, take them back. I'm not going to do that to this poor guy. Yeah. Even if he is one of the only distributors in the U.S. and has to be making a fortune.
0: Well, it's a very... um, Niche. Yeah. Very niche. That's, oh goodness gracious, even trying to buy left-handed curling shoes, (laughs) that's like a niche within a niche is what that is.
1: There's a oh I guess cuz one shoe has the grippers. Yeah.
0: Well, in the cur- in curling rules, um normally there is supposed to be a left-handed hack and a right-handed hack. And mm-hmm. so in the rules it states left-handed people have to throw out of the left-handed hack and right-handed people have to throw out of the right-handed hack. Okay. So you have to switch your shoes cuz the hacks are on different sides of the center line. So Okay. You have to have left-handed curling shoes. Bizarre. Yeah. I'm also in the process of trying to actually make a collapsible curling broom as well. Ooh, cool. Like, you know how the pool cues?
1: Yeah, that you can...
0: Screw together? Screw and, I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to figure out how to do that with a curling broom, because it's got to be lightweight, but it's also got to be stiff. And as soon as you cut off that cylinder and try and screw it back together...
1: Uh, something to look at. Uh, I'll, I'll draw up and take a picture of and mail you a design that might work.
0: I was just going to use three-inch carrier uh, bolts... Through the middle. But well it's it's still a work in progress. Yeah. So yeah, the Super Bowl happened. Go Giants? Yes. It was it was almost Oof. if that oh man, if that Hail Mary at the end of the game had been caught. Everybody would be looking at that one guy who ran into the end zone.
1: I didn't watch the end of the game. Mm.
0: There was some football strategy that the Patriots were playing to actually let the Giants score a touchdown at the end.
1: So that they could get the ball back? Mm-hmm. uh
0: uh-huh. Because if they didn't score the touchdown, then the Giants could just run out the clock, kick a field goal, and win the game. So they were
1: trying to get the Giants to score.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which is what happened. The Giants did score, the Patriots got the ball back, and still had a chance of winning the game. Granted— okay. The Patriots couldn't complete a pass during that final 60 seconds, but...
1: But if they had, it would have been a different game? Yep. Sucks to be them.
0: Mm-hmm. Granted, Tom Brady's married to Giselle, so...
1: Yeah, it doesn't really yeah. suck to be him.
0: No. So, did you watch any of the Super Bowl ads?
1: Yes, and then I came home and watched a couple
0: of the other ones. I watched them all online? On YouTube? Yep. Yep. And The, the Budweiser Here We Go mm was I think particularly cute, did you watch the I know it wasn't really on the commercial, but did you watch the okay go music video no nope. oh did you did you see the premise for it though nope, okay, okay go took a Chevy sonic and basically turned it into an instrument, huh were they attached you know like you have the paddles and the big p v c pipes yeah they had those like set up along a racetrack, and the guy was driving, and singing along <laughs> as the thi- wow. the paddles that are on the car are hitting these things. And they had <laughs> pianos lined up and a big stick. So the entire <laughs> piano was tuned to the right note, so that That's it would hit. Awesome. Pi- yeah, oh, if you have four minutes, which I don't right now. Well, yeah, I know because we're in the middle of recording. Go watch this yeah. music video, okay? Because it's okay. Go for goodness' sake. So it's actually yeah. a decent song. Plus the guy is actually crazy yeah okay there was another part too which is really a brilliant idea where they set a bunch of guitars on a fence all hooked up to like the amps and they were all tuned to the right notes so the thing was just
1: just drove right past drove
0: right past him it sounded like a nice guitar solo (laughs) (laughs) so okay i liked that one chrysler with the um Armageddon? Well, I was gonna say the halftime one.
1: What was their halftime one?
0: The one with Clint
1: Eastwood. No, I missed that one. I oh. caught it, uh, it actually wasn't Chrysler's it was I oh, think sorry, GM's but... Armageddon.
0: Yeah, GM did Chevy did the Armageddon. Chrysler did the GM. halftime in America.
1: Yeah. The the Armageddon one I thought was really, really cute. Uh, especially because it poked fun at the Ford F one fifty. Which is, by the way, the number one selling automobile in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, in the world.
1: Yes, I'm I'm certainly in the country, and I believe it's in the world.
0: Well, I know it's in North America. It's the number one selling car in North America is a pickup truck. It, and it is the
1: F-150. Yeah.
0: Not, not worldwide, though. Okay. Because nobody sells an F-150 outside of the U.S. I'm going to have to look up to see exactly what is the number one selling car in the world.
1: A bicycle. I mean, um...
0: Well, the... That's actually crazy is the um, – everybody thinks like the, the VW Bug and that sort of stuff are the widely selling. But there's um, an old Russian motorcycle. I saw this on the, the uh, Top Gear Adventure where they actually drove bikes through um, Vietnam, like from southern Vietnam all the way to the north. Okay. And they one of the guys had this old bike, and he's like, this bike has outsold like the top three cars combined. Wow. I don't remember what it is, though. Oh, it's some uh, Toyota, whatever. Anyway, Some Toyota.
1: Yeah. Perhaps the Camry. Or the Corolla. Or the Corolla. Probably not the Lexus.
0: No, probably not. So, Super Bowl was streamed online. We talked about that. Yes,
1: for the first time ever.
0: Yeah, and we also talked about how the fact that advertisers were a little reluctant to spend money. Which, Which,
1: I mean, I could see not wanting to spend as much money, but it's still going to cost you something.
0: Yeah, but I do have to say, I actually picked up the stream, because we were watching Puppy Bowl, but then I saw the score, so I turned on the the stream just to watch it. There was a lot of times where we're like, okay, streamer will return shortly. I'm like, oh, I'm guessing they're going to ads on TV, (laughs) but I can't watch them online. So there was a lot of nothing, especially during halftime, too. The halftime show, they didn't even stream it online.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: Also... (laughs) So it turns out that um, the—I didn't post this as a topic, uh, but—so the name of that Chrysler ad with Clint Eastwood was called Halftime in America? Yeah. It seems somebody from the NFL, after the game was done, was taking everything that was halftime-related on YouTube and sending takedown notices about it? <laughs> because the halftime is property of the NFL and therefore is not supposed to be online. This yada, yada, yada. Oh,
1: bullshit.
0: I know. But hey, they're copyright holders. They're allowed to do what they want to do with their own IP. But they somehow roped the Chrysler halftime in America with that because of the word halftime. And so one of the most talked about ads on YouTube was down for hours after the game Oh because somebody from the NFL was a little overzealous with his takedown notices, even though.
1: It- well, you know why? Because I'm willing to bet the video was labeled Chrysler halftime video or halftime in America. And they just saw that and said, nope, halftime is ours. <laughs>
0: Uh, All right, here we go. Worldwide, 2011, Toyota Corolla with 1.02 million.
1: Why are you still looking at that, Andy?
0: I was just curious. But, okay, online stream, 2.1 million people streamed it online.
1: Which is a fair number. It's respect. I mean, any game would kill to sell to 2 million people.
0: Yeah. Normally, the NFL had about 300,000 people streaming normally, so... So how many people watched the Super Bowl on TV? Um... Well, we have to remember these are Nielsen numbers, so take, it's
1: estimates. But yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. Uh,
0: 111 million. So two million out of 111 million. Yes. So less
1: than two percent. Yes. But like almost like one and three quarters percent ish. Mm-hmm. And who's going to check
0: my math? 1.89 percent. Hey, not bad. No, yeah, one and three quarters, you were...
1: I'm good at estimating (laughs) at this point. I've done this for a long time.
0: So to put that in perspective, the only thing that's really sports-related, streamed online a lot, is March Madness. Yeah. And CBS's coverage of March Madness online last year recorded more than 3 million digital viewers for an individual day of coverage. So, granted, with March Madness, there's a lot going on. And especially, it's during the week. So people are at work. Hey, I can stream this online. Awesome. It's even got a boss key built into the freaking... I remember that. (laughs) Oh, God. March Madness is coming up. It's in like two weeks. Yep. You know what's even
1: cooler? What? I work in a building where every room has a giant projector.
0: Can we try and get you to officially create a thing so I can see how you compare to me? On what? March Madness-wise. Oh, a bracket? Yeah. Oh, fuck that. All right. Damn. No, absolutely not. If I
1: wanted to do a bracket, Andy, I would be watching every team and reading all the reports and consuming tons of information. Are you going to do your supposed mathematical analysis again? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. How does that work out for you, generally?
0: (laughs) Well, out of
1: Cuz I have a feeling that using a dog to pick the winners would be more accurate.
0: We actually did that.
1: <laughs> I remember doing
0: that with a- your dog and she beat, I do believe, I think most of the bracket. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that was ridiculous. That's my but like really
1: in all likelihood, you will be as accurate by flipping a coin
0: for every match. All right, we'll do that then. I Because the family always does one. I'll do different statistical analysis, like coin flipping, weighted coin flipping. We'll see how everything goes. Okay.
1: I laugh if it's like a perfect one this year. There are no upsets. (laughs) What would that do to your statistical analysis, Andy?
0: A year with no upsets. Mm, I'm not exactly sure. Granted, that got close a few years ago. That was ridiculous how lack of ups especially getting all the number ones in the final four, which had never happened up to that point. Yep.
1: No, see, what I do during March Madness is I look at your bracket mm-hmm. and laugh whenever you're wrong. <laughs> that's how I enjoy March Madness. It's terrible, it's awful, it's very unfriendly, but damn it, that's what I do.
0: Hans was basically during um two thousand and Nine, I do believe. Hans actually had bet me like a derivative bet off of my March Madness stuff there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't win that one either. No.
1: No. March Madness coming up. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know where
0: the standings are. Like who's good right now? Eastern's actually, I think, top of one of the MAC conferences in basketball. Oh yeah, I'm done with NCAA football. Oh nine. Really? Yeah. So now
1: we can start doing NCAA Ten.
0: Yeah, but um, Dave, did you not realize that the online servers for NCAA Football Ten were closed on August eleventh, twenty eleven? Serious?
1: Yeah. Seriously? Yes.
0: I am dead serious. When was Mo's wedding? Uh, October, I do believe. Damn. Damn it. So we can't do it. No, not for Ten. Eleven's still up, and you can get it for about eighteen bucks on Amazon.
1: I'm not going to go pay eighteen bucks for NCAA (laughs) Eleven. Well, then (laughs) we can't.
0: You can't do an online. Did you not check that before you were telling everybody? No,
1: I had assumed that EA would keep the servers
0: running for more than two years. Yeah, from July 09 to August 2011. Two years. That's all you get now. That's it. that's bullshit. All right, you, you know what that means? That in July NCAA 13 is going to come out.
1: I'm not buying any more of them. That's it. If they're only going to support that for two years, Grant, not worth it.
0: Yeah, don't don't. Especially since from what i was reading ncaa 12 came out seriously broken Mm -hmm. like seriously broken. worth it
1: so much for that the one sports game ea produced that was like yeah i could play that That, that's kind of fun nope not gonna happen
0: yeah you can't even do any sort of like online head-to-head even if you both have the game can't do it can't play online
1: wait i mean but that means like, like they've broken the achievements
0: yep Oh, there's a bunch of it. There's a online, online dynasty, and then I think there's three or four of them that have to do with, like... Matchmaking. Um, no, there's, like, some season something another points that you get. Yeah. What is it called?
1: I. You know what? I need to find someone at Microsoft and talk to them and say, you need to readjust your achievement policy. No achievement should be dependent on the company's
0: servers being up. Yeah, there was a Coke Zero Seasons showdown that is broken now, too, that had a bunch of achievements for it. Yeah, It's, oh, ridiculous. Yep. So, I guess I'll just try and do my three-peat national championship with... E- Turns out, I pick the worst team ever to play as a dynasty.
1: Well, you pick Eastern, don't you? Yeah,
0: which... There has been multiple people giving you the top five and top five, like the top five best teams to pick if you want an easy dynasty and the top five teams to pick if you want a horrible dynasty.
1: And you keep picking Eastern, which is in that top five.
0: It's the worst teams to pick for playing in a dynasty. It's going to be a challenge. And I know it is.
1: You're like, it takes me 15 years to turn that program around.
0: Yeah. Let's see, my three-peat ended in 2017 and I started in 2009.
1: Yep. So it took you eight years to turn it. That said, if you could actually turn that school around in eight years and get a, a three-time national champions at the end of those eight years, so five years you get your national champion. Well, six years. Uh, I, I think they'd be willing to pay you an incredible amount of money.
0: Yeah. It's I. I it was. I felt so bad though for some of the games that I was playing because I I started out Eastern playing. You know the Big Ten opponents and stuff. The games were. I knew I was getting my butt handed to me, so I don't even really play the games. Yeah, and then later in the end of my seasons, always playing Central because it's a rivalry game. Therefore, any last game, it's the last game, and so anybody I bring to my campus is going to love it if I blow them out. So the last game I played against uh, Central Michigan, it was seventy-two to nothing. Holy shit! I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm running up the score because I want these people to join my team. <laughs> And the the announcers are like, why is he running up the score? Because I'm trying to impress people. Yes. So, yeah, NCAA 10, no online components. Balls. Yep. Okay. So what else do we got going on here?
1: Plenty that we really should probably hit now yes. that we've talked about sports for half an hour. <laughs> All right. Super Bowl. Tech show? Tech and gaming show?
0: World of Warcraft. Okay, here we go. World of Warcraft. Starcraft 2. Wait, there's Starcraft 2 on the list?
1: Well, sort of, in that same article about World of Warcraft. Oh, no, different, okay. Oh, you didn't put that, I thought you were going to put that up there. No, I just thought it was interesting. Okay, well, I'm talking about it, and I might put it up there. Okay. In fact, I will put it up there. World of Warcraft Monopoly. Huh. And Starcraft Risk. Speaking of, is it your turn?
0: I do not believe so. I'm checking right now. Hold on. Oh, y- yes, it is my turn.
1: In how many games is it your turn? Five. Okay. Five games. Take your damn turn. All so right. Warcraft Monopoly, um, you know, it's Monopoly. Yeah. The only difference is the
0: names and the pictures. So instead of Boardwalk, it's going to be Stormwind? Not Stormwind. Probably not. Ironforge?
1: I actually wouldn't expect Boardwalk to be either of those. It's going to be a zone. I'm not sure what zone I would make Boardwalk, though. I'm looking at what they've got in, like... Silithus, Un'Goro, and Tanaris, which are all geographically next to each other, Mm -hmm. are orange. Whereas reds are Shadowmoon, Tarokar, and Nagrand, which again are all next to each other.
0: Ah, okay, so it'd have to be two...
1: Two zones next to each other. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, it could be a ton of different things.
0: I was gonna say, before the expansions, I would say Molten Core and Blackwing Lair.
1: Those are not zones, those are dungeons.
0: You're right. Big.
1: And this is clearly after the expansions because Shadowmoon, Tarokar, and Nagrand are in Outland.
0: Yeah. I, I, we'll have to find out when it's a re- released at Toy Fair. Yep. At $40 a pop? $30 a pop? World of Warcraft? $40. So the for question, World of Dave Warcraft Monopoly. Is, when is the last time you played Monopoly?
1: A couple of years ago. <laughs> I know people who still play it. And one of the potential pieces, there's a couple of them that are actually really awesome. There's a murloc.
0: Oh, of course. There's a hearthstone.
1: There's a treasure chest. And there is a corhound pup. Ooh. Andy remembers the core hounds. Hated those damn Corehounds. Drink hounds. shot! Way to be a hunter, Andy. Way to be a hunter.
0: There was a couple of times in that thing where you were desperately needed. That was one yep. of them. That and getting my silver bullet to pull things from halfway across the map <laughs> until they nerfed the silver bullets. Oh. What were the silver bullets? Silver bullets were the wolves from AV that you could tame that yeah. were the fastest pet on the planet by ah, like light
1: speed. I see.
0: You put sprint on that thing, It. it that's why they're called silver bullets, because they were silver wolves and they shot out like a bullet. I see. And so that's what people would use to pull things in molten core from like halfway across the map. So you you yep. clear you'd out one area and then you'd the have a hunter
1: aspect. Thing. Yeah,
0: run, pull something, and then the guy would just come at you because it would go from pet to hunter.
1: Yep. <sighs> Memories. And then StarCraft Risk, and there hasn't been much detail about that. No. I expect it's Risk.
0: Yeah. The question is, is going to be the new Risk or the old Risk? Most likely the new Risk. Probably the new Risk.
1: Yeah. My question is, will it be Earth?
0: Mmm. That would be interesting, to add Risk to a different map.
1: Yeah. Like a whole new map? Yeah. That would be pretty cool.
0: What if they did, like, Risk, but with, like, a solar system? Granted, most of the stuff on StarCraft is (laughs) planetary-based. Risk, but a solar
1: system. So you mean Twilight Imperium?
0: I suppose...
1: Like maybe if they added technologies and racial abilities,
0: <laughs> risk the gateway game.
1: It is a gateway game.
0: Got us into diplomacy. True. Axis and allies. Oh god, no! I tr- I looked at the rules of that game one time. Yeah, it's easier than diplomacy. Yeah, but there's a lot more calculations needed. That, and I still haven't figured out the rules for victory. What? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing in victory. I'm just running around killing shit. I don't know what's going on. I took some somebody- rules are better. Low rolls are better.
1: Low rolls are better. Oh, you score a hit on a one, two, or three. Okay. If you get the, if you have a city in four different terrain types, you score a hit on one, two, three, or four. Oh,
0: you see, the rules written on there are so they're lengthy and dry and disjointed. It were it. I
1: so the way I did it is I played one game of just like going around and seeing what happened, and then I went and I'm like, okay, what in the rules explained this? Aha. Oh, that's really cool. That's how that works. What the, and i like, oh, so that unit has actually that extra ability. That's even better. Like cannons will attack before combat. Oh. Cannons and frigates can attack adjacent squares without moving. They can bombard. Oh. Think of it like Civ. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Now take your damn turns.
0: I'm sorry. We're in the middle of recording.
1: Never stop. I mean, um... <laughs>
0: So, speaking of Blizzard, what I was going to talk about was the fact that World of Warcraft is now down to 10.2 million. Okay. So, it had peaked at 12 million. For a very short amount of time. Back in 2010. Then it dropped down to 11.4 million in May of 2011, and now it's down to 10.3 million September of 2011. Now, December, (laughs) 10.2. I mean, let's think about the Old Republic. Yeah, Old Republic came out, and so that's...
1: And how they are at... Two million? How much? Yeah, like about one and a half million, two million. If WoW has only lost a couple hundred thousand, I I wouldn't be worried for Blizzard.
0: Yeah, especially since they had a million people sign up for that WoW annual pass that we talked about.
1: Yep. Although that is one million people now who will not be buying Diablo 3. True. However, they're still paying for it in addition to their subscription because it's 12 bucks a month. Yep. I wonder if Blizzard will count those as Diablo 3 sales. I would guess so. Like, day
0: one sales, two million, <laughs> because we cheated and pre-sold. So, Blizzard and Valve and Dota. Yeah. Well, Valve said they were doing Dota 2.
1: And Blizzard said you
0: can't. Well, Blizzard said we don't understand why, but then we said we're not going to... We're not going to screw with you. Yeah. Well, they screwed with them. Oh. Blizzard had filed... Oh.
1: Yeah, but it's because Valve tried to actually trademark Dota. Yes. And Blizzard said, we're not going to screw with you, but then Valve tried to trademark Dota. I think Blizzard was going to say, like, you can do it if you want, but it's not yours. No. So Valve, by saying we want the trademark on this, stepped over the balance.
0: Which I don't really think... Yes, I realize Dota is from World of Warcraft 3, so technically when you think of Dota, you should think of World of Warcraft 3, not world of sorry warcraft 3 sorry that's just there you go God, it just wow it just gets dug into your head just mm. you think you get out no i got out they just keep pulling you back you got out
1: huh yeah so why are we talking about it
0: because it's in the news yep so you didn't get out go on that's like saying (laughs) just go on whatever so, Valve tried to trademark it. Blizzard is opposing it. Granted, I don't really see it as officially Blizzard's. No, but it is not officially Valve's, and it shouldn't be.
1: I'm I'm actually glad that Blizzard is stepping in and saying, "Wait a minute! No, 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 no."
0: Because then, if Valve gets a trademark, could go back to Blizzard and go, "Whoa, you can't use this anymore." Yeah. So there's like, going to be a fight going on over that.
1: It'd be really funny if Blizzard takes this and says, "Like, you know what?" You guys are dicks. You shouldn't have even tried this. We're going to file for trademark.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be harsh. So what other gaming news we got going on here? Oh, Double Fine and Kickstart. Yeah. Well, Kickstart-er. Kickstarter. Yeah. So, Double
1: Fine is Tim Schafer's game company. Yes. This is the guy who designed Psychonauts.
0: And Grim Fandango and Secret of Monkey Island. A bunch
1: of old... Full uh, Throttle. You know, point-and-click adventures. Really, I mean, like, considered to be one of the best game designers of our time. Yes. He decided... That he was tired of dealing with publishers and wanted to make and publish his own game. And so he went to Kickstarter and said, hey, you guys give us money, we'll make a game. People couldn't stop
0: throwing money at them. They were making literally hundreds of thousands an hour. Yeah, they passed $1 million on Kickstarter in under 24 hours. The second project to pass the million dollar mark, the first one to do so in a day... It is the most money ever raised by a Kickstarter, and it has the most backers ever. It's, are you a backer, Andy? I am currently not. But there is somebody, oh man, it it seems there is about 800 and some odd people, according to Tim Schafer's current tweets, that have paid the $250 to get a signed poster. Wow. Yeah. God, where's the actual Kickstarter link so I can see where they're at right now. I'm curious about
1: what the other bonus items
0: are. The ones that are over $10,000? There are ones that are over $10,000? Yeah. The $10,000 Kickstarter has already been... Somebody's already bought that one. We know that one has already happened because on Kickstarter's website, it's a zero out of one. So somebody's already paid $10,000. Is it,
1: Well, is that remaining or claimed?
0: That Yeah, somebody paid $10,000 to get that bonus.
1: $1.56 million. Crazy. So for $15, you get the game on Steam and the beta and the video series and a forum. For $30, you get the documentary series in HD, the soundtrack and everything else. $100, you get the uh, Double Fine Adventure poster. $250, it's signed by Tim Schafer, Ron Gilbert. Oh my god, that's some pretty impressive names. $1,000, one of 100 remaining, you get a mini portrait of you painted by the game's artist.
0: And everything previously. $5,000 are already sold out. There were 10 of them. 10 people already paid $5,000. And then
1: the $10,000 is lunch with Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert.
0: Yeah, that one's already sold out. And there are are higher ones, but since Kickstarter only stops at $10,000, they had to put them on the Double Fine website. $15,000 fifteen thousand dollars dinner with Tim Schaefer and members of the dev team, twenty thousand dinner and bowling with Tim Schaefer and the dev team thirty thousand picture of Ron Gilbert smiling. Wow. Thirty five thousand undoctored picture of Ron Gilbert smiling.
1: Okay, see now they're just joking.
0: Fifty thousand become an actual character in the game. And if you want to pledge one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more, Tim Schaefer will give you the last We'll give one of one of the last four remaining Triangle Box Day of the Tentacles in original shrink wrap. Wow. Yeah. But right yeah, right now one point five million. Jeez. I love how they wanted four hundred thousand dollars and it was funded at four hundred thousand dollars in just over eight hours.
1: Yep. By the way, the the thirty thousand and thirty five thousand pledges. Yeah. That is an example of the humor that you can expect in a game from Double Fine.
0: Picture of Ron Gilbert smiling. What? Undoctored picture.
1: 000. An undoctored picture of Ron Gilbert smiling.
0: Well there was the thing that Tim shaver had pointed out there. He's like, okay, if we hit ninety eight thousand dollars or nine hundred nine hundred and eighty thousand um it's like I'll add an RTS element for a hundred. I'll remove it. I'll remove it. <laughs> Yay, brutal legend. <laughs> So
1: wow. Yeah, this
0: was getting all the news, because everybody's like, Did Tim Schafer just figure out a new way to publish games?
1: I see, that's the that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, has this man just single handedly completely altered the indie scenario? Or not I'm sorry, not even the indie scenario. He is not an indie publisher by any stretch
0: of the image. But other indie devs have been using Kickstarter for months. But it- the thing, though, with Tim Schaefer is, though, the fact that he's oh, Tim Schaefer. Yeah, he's a well-known guy from a previous incarnation through actual like big game publishing. So this is this is what I remember. I was talking to some people about podcasting, and the fact that most of the big names in podcasting are people who are already famous from something else.
1: Yes, you generally do not get famous from podcasting.
0: It's just like saying, with this one, you could be. In, a startup independent developer, most likely this is not going to happen for everybody. You have to—this is a big name who's got a proven track record that is able to do this. If this was our only option, how do we get big-name people in the first place? Right. Making sense? Some. Okay. It's making sense in my head, I I mean, I
1: think EA and Activision are going to look at this and say, like, oh, shit, uh, hmm, But at the same time, we've talked to publishers, Andy. Yeah. We've had them on the show before. We know some of the work that goes into that. A lot of publishing is not financing. It's footwork. Mm -hmm. It's getting word out. It's saying, yes, we will negotiate this deal with you and this deal with you. So it's really cool that he was able to raise the capital like this. That doesn't mean he's going to successfully be able to publish the game
0: by himself. Yeah, because – I think one of his tweets. I have to go find if I can get to his Twitter page again. But one of his tweets says that this now has finally matched, matched what full throttle was, if you account for inflation from the past. In terms of funding? Yeah, in terms of funding. So we can say, ooh, one point five six million, well, one point five seven million, basically now. Yeah. But still, that's matching what full throttle was. So. Right. It's it's very interesting. And what's more interesting is the fact that people have kind of glazed over this because everybody's like, whoa, 1.5 million. But he kind of got the idea from uh, Notch, from Minecraft.
1: Yes, because Notch was talking about funding a game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Tim Schafer was doing an interview with Digital Spy, and he was asked, he always gets asked about this. Psychonauts, everybody loves Psychonauts, flopped. I actually played part of the game, never actually finished it. I should probably do that at some point. Yep. And everybody's like... Will there be a sequel? Yeah, will there be a sequel? He says, I've actually pitched that to publishers several times and no one has taken the bait so far. I'd love to do that game, but I have to convince someone to give me a few million dollars. That's all. Notch said, hey, talk to me. Yeah, he said, how many millions exactly? (laughs) And people were like, wait, is he joking? And he literally responds in a tweet, I'm serious. I'm serious. How many millions exactly? And now... According to uh, Double Fine, Tim and Marcus are now talking in negotiation. Yeah. I believe the phrases. So, this whole idea of hey, just take it to the public. Yeah, crowdsource. Woo! All right, it's from Minecraft, which is all about crowdsource. Yep. We need to keep moving, though. All right. What else do we got going on here? Um, Xbox says, "Hey, Xbox hasn't been hacked." Um, but you okay. should probably change – yeah, they wrote an open letter on – I guess at some point was Safer Internet Day last week.
1: I- uh, February 2nd was Change Your Password Day. Oh. Steam has updated their hacking story from last year. Turns out people might have gotten a little more information than Steam had originally thought. Uh, the passwords should still be safe, there's no reason to believe that the credit cards or passwords have been cracked, but a file, a backup file, had been stolen that had a list of usernames, email addresses, and encrypted passwords and credit card numbers.
0: Granted, my credit cards from 2008 are already...
1: Expired. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I was even... Was I using Steam in 2008? I don't know. (laughs) So... I must have been. Tesla... Uh, I was going to move on from that, unless you want to okay. keep going. I was I was going to go into the one other hacking story. Okay, we'll go with that one. The slightly more recent hack, Semantic, uh, not Semantic. Yeah, Semantic. Which owns? The people who own Norton. Yep. Uh, a hacker who is claimed to be associated with Anonymous broke into their server, took the source code
0: for several of their products, and published it. Huh. Okay, so he's published the 1.27 gigabyte source code of PC Anywhere. Yep. Which is remote access. Remote desktoping, And I guess he's holding Norton Antivirus hostage at the moment?
1: Yeah, which, I mean, it, it's one thing to steal the code, which is bad enough already and that, you know, it's very terrible. But it's one thing to steal the code and post it. It's another to steal the code and then say, give me $50,000 or I'm releasing it. Oh, God. Especially when he did this because uh, he's making the claim that within the source code are back doors that the NSA
0: can use to break the encryption. Oh, good times. Which I don't doubt at all, by the way. That's why I love using open source security software. Yep.
1: Not that you have anything to really hide from the NSA. No. But still. Yep.
0: So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, Tesla. You know the Tesla Roadster? Tesla Model S, which actually still hasn't been sold yet.
1: Well, it's, it's been sold, it just hasn't been delivered.
0: It hasn't been built yet. Yes. They've decided to announce another car, even though they've, they've sold a handful of Roadsters and the Model S, which hasn't been built yet. They've announced another car, an SUV called the Model X. Oh, dear. Which, I'm sorry.
1: I know some of Tesla's design principles, right? Yes. They're They're... Chassis is the battery. Yes. Yeah. I would not want an SUV where my chassis is a battery. <laughs> that kind of defeats the purpose of an SUV. How so? It's supposed to be a little more rugged. Yeah. yeah. That it could take a beating.
0: I don't want a rock to puncture my lithium-ion battery. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is basically the SUV for soccer moms. Yeah, I suppose. But Well, good for Tesla. Seat 7. And it has gall wing doors. Okay, that's just stupid. They're not called gall wing doors. They're called falcon wing doors.
1: But the difference being, they're called falcon wing doors. Okay, that's stupid.
0: <laughs> so, and no joke, everybody, because you think falcon wing doors, you think of well, falcon the wing Delorean. Door, well, I was going to say originally you think of the Mercedes, but yeah, you think of especially with independent cars, you think of the Delorean. And he Munsk, I do believe, actually said if. if I had a dollar for any time somebody compared this car to the DeLorean. I wouldn't need an IPO. (laughs) That's really amusing. But You model your car after the DeLorean. Of course people are going to compare it. It, That was the experiment with Gullwing Doors, and you know what? It didn't work. Well, it worked on the Mercedes. The DeLorean had a whole bunch of other problems.
1: Well, but even the Merce- was not the Mercedes the doors open straight up? No, they were gullwing. Not out no they're
0: going. Yeah, they have a okay. little bit of a curve. These, though, are able to, I guess, somehow fold and lift up. I, had, I haven't actually seen a video yet because well, maybe
1: that's what makes them Falcon wing.
0: <laughs> so it's a Model X with Falcon wings. So if you just take out Falcon, it's the Model X-Wing. X-Wings. Yeah. Ha, uh, ha, 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 ha. So uh, Tesla has three cars so far <laughs> and has only produced one. <laughs> this one's supposedly priced around Not $60. how you run up- a business. <laughs> uh, I am kind of interested to see its four-wheel drive version, though. So it's going to have independent motors on the front and rear wheels, which will give it a 0 to 60 time of 4.4 seconds, which I think in an SUV is a little scary. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So. Redbox. What about the box? Which we've talked about a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, they have bought up NCR's entertainment division, which are, it's the company that did the vending machines for Blockbuster.
0: Does that mean the Blockbuster Expresses, which are actually close by to me, are, are be-
1: going to become Redboxes? Hmm. Or Redbox could just terminate that service location. Aww. That could happen, too.
0: But, yeah. I might be interested because Red Box is. I've got a couple of expresses that are a lot closer than the Red Boxes that are, you know, three miles away.
1: Yep. Red is making the claim that there will be more Red Boxes in this country than there are McDonald's and Subways combined.
0: Well, I can see that because you just need a box rather than a whole.
1: Yes, but. Subway is the most popular fast food restaurant in the country. Yeah, There are more Subways than anything else. True. So more Subways and McDonald's combined.
0: Hmm. That's a
1: lot of boxes.
0: That is. Which most likely they're going to get that way because they're going to turn all the Blockbuster Expresses into red boxes. Into red boxes. Yeah. So we
1: have a bunch of other topics. We're kind of running short on time, though.
0: Um, AT&T is actually throttling their unlimited users. No yeah, surprise. No surprise. That, yeah. <laughs> What's really funny is, though, the fact that The the story they're talking here is the fact that the guy has an unlimited plan, which is $30. AT&T's limited data plan of 3 gigabytes is also $30. He started getting throttled at 2.1 gigabytes.
1: So he'd be better off going to the 3 gigabytes.
0: Well, the fact is that even if you have the 3 gigabytes a month... They
1: throttle you at 2?
0: They will throttle you... Let's see, what does it say here? AT&T will only reduce speeds for the top 5% of users in an area where network capacity or spectrum is insufficient. New York, San Francisco. Yeah. So, you could have the 3 gigabyte plan. You could have an unlimited gigabyte plan. But if you are the top 5% of a user in an area at a time... You're still getting throttled. You're going to get throttled no matter what. That's bullshit. Goddamn AT&T. <laughs> They, they need spectrum, which is the fact that if there's an interesting map, take a few minutes to look at it. There's a map the FCC put out that shows all of the spots in the United States that are lacking in 3G coverage. And the black spots on the map, which kind of seem to follow the mountains of out west and east, are the areas that are so... Underserved in 3G, that those are the first spots that are supposed to get this new 300 million dollar federal money to expand network coverage. But but no one lives there. That's why they're dead. Some of them, yes. Granted, the UP is one of the also the major spots. No one lives there. <laughs> That's a little weird. It's like, okay, these are the underserved parts of the country. Granted...
1: So that's where we're going to throw our money? Yes.
0: Do you see a problem with this? A little bit. Granted, there's spots in the Michigan that are around me that even... The, there's there's things in Ann Arbor. Washtenaw County is actually listed as one of the counties in here as gray, which means there is...
1: Yeah, but look at look at that and where it is in Washtenaw County.
0: Let's see, what does it say? Um, it's like Dundee. Actually, part of Detroit. Uh, if you hover over Washtenaw uh, County, the CMA name would be the Detroit section of Washtenaw County.
1: Yeah, but I'm looking at the the actual black
0: spot. Oh yeah, there's a there's the the part in Washtenaw County that's going to get who has a possibility of getting the money is I don't know where's that bike. I don't even know where that is. That's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing there. Allegan, Battle Creek. Like it's a little north of Dundee, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, look at Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: Well, if you remove the state lines, Andy, Yeah. that northern Wisconsin part is just the extension of northern Michigan. True. It's dead up there. There's no one living
0: there. You know, I've always had an idea. This is... Completely side topic, but I've always had an idea of taking the population density of the United States and adjusting each state's size so it matches the national average. Okay. I don't know. It's just an interesting idea to see what the map of the U.S. would look like if the population density was the same for each state.
1: Pretty sure they've um, done that a couple times.
0: Well, if you can find it, let me know.
1: Okay. I'm not going to look too hard. All right.
0: TomTom um, Tom is teaming up with an auto insurance company. For what purpose? Um, if you drive better, you'll get lower insurance things, according to your TomTom. Tom. So your TomTom cool. Tom Tom would plug into your basically your uh, onboard diagnostic port and tell you— ODB? Yeah. ODB 2, actually.
1: But. Yeah, right. And it would tell you what's going on.
0: Yeah, and it will tell you um, if you're driving safe, then your uh, insurance would be cheaper, but then your prices could be pushed up if the driver log shows recklessness or dangerous driving.
1: Yep. But, I mean, that Progressive does something
0: similar to that. Yeah, the uh, Snapshot. Yeah. So how is this new? Um, it's hooking up to your GPS. Okay. That's about it. Woo. Yeah. Oh, and the Jan- and... January numbers sucked this year because nothing came out. No. Yeah.
1: No. So. February should be interesting. couple games came out. Yeah. So, review. Yes. I was going to do a review. Last week, I th- had a review when we started the show, and then Andy said he was going to review something. I'm like, oh, shit. And then this week, I'm like, what was I going to review?
0: Do you do know we have a Google Doc listed up there?
1: Yeah, that I don't pay any attention to.
0: Well, y- if you have an idea, put it down there. I've got I one on there right to now, too. So. Okay. A- I'm going to be filling in the one I want to do next week as well.
1: Okay. Uh, Anyways, the review for today is going to be none other than Bejeweled 3.
0: Which, I've played Bejeweled and I've played Bejeweled 2. How much difference was there between Bejeweled and Bejeweled 2? Well, Bejeweled 2 had the the hypercubes and those stupid explosive cubes. Oh.
1: Okay. Those were not in the original Bejeweled? No. Oh. See, I, I started Bejeweled with the World of Warcraft Bejeweled, and those were in that.
0: Which, because the World of Warcraft Bejeweled came out after Bejeweled 2, I do believe.
1: Yeah. So the question becomes, how much can you change a game where the basic premise is you move two jewels, and if you line up three or more in a row, they disappear and more come down? Yeah. The answer is a lot of ways. Really? Yeah, so it's not quite as in-depth as, say, Puzzle Quest, as far as modification of the basic design. But they added a lot of kind of alternate styles. Uh, for instance, there's one where the bottom three or four rows of the grid are filled with ground, not with jewels. And as you break jewels next to the ground, the ground disappears, and then more jewels come down.
0: Oh. So you're digging with the jewels. Huh. Which reminds me of some of the stuff from Puzzle Quest.
1: Yes. Well, that, that's, that, that one was pretty clearly an inspiration from an inspiration. Yeah. Uh, there's another one where it's butterflies.
0: Butterflies.
1: So every turn, either one or two of the jewels on the bottom row turn into butterflies. And then every turn you take, any existing butterfly moves up. If the butterfly reaches the top of the board, if it leaves the board, you lose. Ooh. So they are moving when you are not moving them. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, oh, and there's there's another type of explodey gem as well. Ah. A new type that wasn't in, I don't think it was in Bejeweled 2. It's a lightning gem. So instead of taking out the eight gems surrounding it, it does the row in column.
0: Oh, Okay, yeah, that's not in.
1: Yeah, like it, it knocks out the entire row and
0: column. Yeah, that's not in bejeweled two. No, but yeah, it's. I,
1: I mean, okay, so at the basic level, it's
0: bejeweled. Yeah,
1: which was mind-numbing and relaxing and wonderful.
0: Yes, that has not changed. No, they have added some variety, which the, it's it basically is expanding on bejeweled two.
1: Yeah, there, it, there's nothing terribly. I, I'm not gonna say there's nothing innovative because some of these mini games are pretty clever. But there's nothing that's, like, paradigm-changing. It's still Bejeweled.
0: So since I own Bejeweled 2, there might be some things that would be interesting for Bejeweled 3. But probably not enough to spend $15 on. No.
1: In fact, I would not recommend purchasing it for anything more than $6. If you can find it for 5 bucks, certainly not the 20 that it's listed for. <laughs> Maybe say, you know, $10 if you've got a friend who you know, really enjoys it and needs something to relax with, this is actually pretty good. $10 wouldn't be unreasonable.
0: What is Puzzle Quest currently at? Puzzle Quest? Yeah.
1: For which platform? I don't know. It's... Was it even released on It was released on Steam. Puzzle Quest 2 is $10, but Puzzle Quest 2 was garbage. Oh. Puzzle Quest is also $10. All
0: right, so would you rather play Puzzle Quest?
1: <sighs> you know, I think I'd rather have Bejeweled 3. Oh. I mean, Puzzle Quest was fantastic, it was addictive, but it's, it's Bejeweled with an RPG attached. True. But if I'm playing Bejeweled, it's because I want to just kind of zone out. And in fact, there's a mode in Bejeweled 3 called the Zen Mode. Yeah, that was
0: in Bejeweled 2, where there's no real... You can't there's die. There's
1: no end, you can't lose, and there are extra effects that are options to help you relax more.
0: Oh. I haven't actually tried playing the Zen Mode. So, there's a, uh, a breath control...
1: Ooh, where it will fill up behind the screen and let out as to to help you regulate your breathing. Hmm. You can actually turn on binaural beats, which is a it's a means of kind of using sound to force your brain to
0: alter its patterns. That's interesting. Okay, question. Does it still have that stupid space mode? What is the space mode? Because Bejeweled 2 has this whole like space theme going on. No, Bejeweled 3 is more of a fantasy theme. Okay, good. Because I'm not really digging the whole space mode. Less high-tech. All right, well, that's good. More
1: PopCap getting back to their origins and saying, we made these clever little games. Let's do that again, even though we're
0: owned by EA now. Eh. All right, so that's my review. Okay, random topic... Rolled ahead of time. Qwerty versus Dvorak. Now, for those who are not computer literate, Qwerty or keyboard. Let's to say, key- since this, this was well before computers, this was typewriters. Yes, Qwerty is your standard. If you if you're sitting in front of a computer, look down. Look down. You will see a Qwerty keyboard. It's been around for the longest time, and then Dvorak. Keyboard. When did that first thought up? Let me just check Wikipedia. So, for the well, day.
1: Andy's looking. Well, Andy's looking at that. The difference is that QWERTY keyboard was designed intentionally to slow down typists. Yes. Yeah. Its goal was to cause people to have to move their hands more and not be able to reach the things they needed to reach as quickly
0: as they needed to reach them. Because yeah. when the keyboards first came out, this was mechanical typewriters. And they would jam. Yeah, because people were typing too quickly. The machine could not keep up with the user. And so people were like, what keys do people use? Oh, well, they use these keys. and We'll put them all over the place. So it doesn't work. Dvorak was after this was
1: kind of resolved, people were like, wait, there's got to be, you know, we don't need to slow down anymore. How can we make this more efficient? How can we make this better? And so they took the common keys and they put them
0: together. It's back in 1936. Still on typewriters. Yeah. Yeah. And so, theoretically, Dvorak is faster than QWERTY. 70% of your typing is done on the home row, which is the middle row of your keyboard, where your fingers are supposed to be resting if you're doing touch typing compared to 32% of QWERTY. Yep. So I'm guessing is we're supposed to just figure out which one we would want.
1: You know, I tried to learn Dvorak.
0: Yeah, I tried to learn Dvorak, too.
1: It's uh, because I was raised on QWERTY. It's a pain in the ass.
0: Especially since if you go to another computer... You're on QWERTY. (laughs) Yeah, there is a way of changing it to Dvorak. It's actually built into Microsoft, where you could actually change your keyboard in Windows. You have to go and change the settings. Yeah.
1: So, I mean... I've also seen comparisons that say it's not – it hasn't been a fair test and that Dvorak is not noticeably faster than
0: QWERTY. Well, it's a, the thing is though we're so used to QWERTY that it's just – Right, but even people who
1: are used to Dvorak and have been using it for years are not really that much faster than people who just know QWERTY. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I've tried. I looked into it. I got the typing teaching program thing. Screw it. Just using QWERTY.
0: It's easier. Everyone's got it. It's the standard. It's like the it's like the tie that um – didn't BlackBerry at one point have like a different keyboard layout for one of the BlackBerry phones where you could – it was supposed to be set up so you could type just with your thumbs? Yes. And so things were laid out differently? It's like that one. It's, it's a brilliant idea. It's a way that things should be done because it's faster. It's more efficient.
1: But we don't need it.
0: It's – it's it's kind of hilarious it's, to think that...
1: It's going to take me longer to learn Dvorak and get used to Dvorak than the amount of time I would save by switching to Dvorak. Yeah.
0: It would be great if, you know, the paradigm shift of just all at once, okay, we said, okay, everybody stop using QWERTY, start using Dvorak. But that's not going to happen. Nope. So our brand new computers in the 21st century are based off of a keyboard that was done in it's, the 19th century. Yeah, but you know what, Andy? It's a moot point. How so? No one's going to be typing. You're right. Everything's going to natural language. Right. Siri is the future. Exactly. So it's it's not even worth worrying about. Granted, I It can... is what
1: it is for now, and soon enough, it won't be that.
0: I was going to... Okay, so the average... I was just curious about this. So I can type at about 80 words a minute if, I'm, uh, if I get in a groove. Yeah. It seems... The average rate of speech for men is 125 words per minute. Yep. So, okay, so granted, speaking is going to be faster than typing. Yep.
1: Mm. And don't give me an argument about, oh, well, you know, computer interpretation isn't nearly as accurate and it always errors. I'm like, okay, what's the last time you made a typo?
0: <laughs> um, if you look at our list of topics, I put double finding kickstarted. Yeah. So not a good argument. No. So uh, we're gonna go with Qwerty, but it it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Qwerty, but they both lose. <laughs> it's like asking Blu-ray versus HD DVD. Oh, we're gonna go <laughs> digital with distribution. Blu- yeah, we're gonna go with Blu-ray, but they're both going to lose.
1: Right. Okay. So, well, it's been another fun hour. Thank
0: you, everyone. Oh, I forgot well, I to do this last time. I am doing a hidden contest. Audio only. Just to see about people who are listening Since it is February, I'm going to do one for March too Which is going to be a counter to the February one So, people who are listening You know how at the end, there's ways of contacting us Email, mail, M-A-I-L At RAPodcast.net Twitter, Twitter, at RAPodcast Doing a contest It's going to be a $15 Amazon gift card To you, our listeners The only thing you have to do Is contact us in one of those ways Telling us one thing or more depends on it it doesn't matter one thing at least one thing that you like about the show haven't thought this out have you andy (laughs) i was thinking about this last night okay so just email
1: Uh, andy is this i i mail in and i automatically get that 15 or is this i mail in for an entry to the 15 yes you
0: mail in an email telling us what you like one thing or more depends on how verbose you want to show yeah
1: Please, you know, at least one thing. Yes. I like nothing about the show is not an acceptable answer.
0: That's what next month is going to be for, since it's the Ides of March. Ah. And I see what I'm doing here. Valentine's Day during February. What you like. I see.
1: What you like. Ides of March. What you don't. Yeah. I see.
0: Ah. So. Uh, I. Okay. Cool. We're going to have until the end of February. So February 29th. Leap year. Yeah. It's so great. Election year. So therefore leap year every year is an election year andy what? i don't know what you're talking about okay so presidential election year, there you go therefore leap year yep so you have until february 29th and i'm only going to do this on this podcast i'll remind you the next couple of weeks and i'm giving you to the 29th because i know there's some people who are behind so one thing you like about a 15 dollar amazon gift card to you potential of potential <laughs> depends on how many people we get responded to yep so okay there you go cool now we can leave okay bye everyone